Hello and welcome to the True to Life podcast. This is the part two with Greg Komsky. Yes, YouTube listeners, we are sitting in the same place as last time, same shirts. Uh, we're just recording them back to back here, but have all these questions um, pre-taken down just from the Instagram and also like message some people to get uh, some good questions to ask for this Q&A episode, just because I had a great opportunity to have Greg here for these uh, two hours. So want to just start dive right into the questions. Got about 10 questions here to get through. So first one from Sammy Zambrano, actually a guest of the show. Um, Nice. She actually is playing pro uh, in Costa Rica. Wow. Um, She played at at Holy Names for the last two years. Nice. you know, first congratulations to you, Sammy. Hope um, I know you're listening. Uh, your question was, "What's the best things young adults should do to start accumulating wealth?" Great question. Again, congratulations. That's incredible to be an athlete uh, at that level. Um, you know, young adults should start accumulating wealth by getting a job and saving some of what they earn. I think you should have a savings account, and once you accumulate in the savings account that covers all of your necessities, you should. Look at investing mutual funds, you know, setting up a, um, if you're under 18, you can set up a brokerage account or maybe a Roth IRA. It just depends on what your goals are, but there's research to be done and find out what it is, what's the best vehicle to get you to where you want to be. So usually uh, setting up an account and and having a mentor that can guide you with that so you don't make any mistakes. I love it. And we went into much more depth in the, you know, in part one episode, but Really quick, those are some great keys to hit. Um, so our second question is from Ivan. What are good credit cards for college students to get? And also, at what age should someone get a credit card um, well, for the first one? Yeah, let's let's answer the second question Oh, second first. one first? Okay, Absolutely, for sure. because like we talked about, if you're not responsible with your money, credit cards are the worst thing for you. Um, if you debt machine, yeah. debt machine, absolutely. That's what they want is to get you in debt. So they own you. Um, the time to get a credit card is when you're responsible and you don't have any other debts. Um, you know, you don't want to be behind in your rent. You don't want to be behind in, in, in any of those other things. A credit card can be a good tool to earn points. I know, uh, Nanak, you've got a good idea for a, a student uh, credit card one. But like for me personally, I like using the Southwest card because I, I fly Southwest and I put all my expenses on there. I pay it off every month. I get points. Yeah. So there's other ones that you can earn dollars. Uh, you know, Costco has a, has a credit card where you can earn back on gas and all your purchases and everything like that. So it really just depends on what card is going to benefit what you do. So find a card that, that helps you. If you travel a lot, get a Southwest card, uh, Chase card. If you um, don't, don't. Yeah, for me, I use the Discover Student card. Um, it gives you anywhere from like 3 to 5% back on certain things. Like, for example, for one month, it'll be you get like 5% back on restaurants. And then you get 5% back on um, stores and stuff like that. Like Target, rotates, Walmart. It rotates, yeah, it's like yeah. sometimes you get like Amazon, like coupons yeah. sent back to you, stuff like that so you get some money back that way and you get like a nice line of credit depending on the information yeah. you put in i think also a good tip for uh newer people that aren't experienced with credit cards get a secure credit card now what is that a secure credit card is let's say you put in 500 dollars in your bank account that secure credit card already has the money to pay off your maximum amount your credit limit so that way you know, people make mistakes. I maxed out a a Macy's credit card when I was 18. (laughs) Everybody does it, you know, which is not the best advice, but don't max out your card. But having a secure credit card is going to have that money there. So you don't get your credit ruined before you even get going. Yeah. So that's a great way to 
not fall into the debt of a credit card, but still building your credit score. Side question that I'm just going to add here. Why is credit a good credit? No, I'll take a step back here. What is good credit and why is a good credit score important? Oh gosh. You know, credit is your ability to pay your debts. So when you're buying a car, when you're buying a house, they're going to look at your credit card or your credit history. Um, it, it's very important. And also another tip I just thought of, um, if you are, if your parents have a credit card and you're under 18, have them put you as an authorized user because you're able to build your credit, um, before you're 18. Cause when you're 18, you have good credit, but you have no credit, right? You have no history. So it, it, it's important to build that good history and that that's what, creditors look at if you're going to buy a car and they say okay nonic you know i see that you pay all your credit cards off you've got perfect payment history you're revolving credit which means let's say you have a thousand dollar limit it's not at nine hundred dollars every month it's at 200 or 300 your your income to debt they're going to look at that so spent don't spend too much money don't don't have big balances on your credit cards try to pay them off every month i mean as long as you're paying things off, you're going to have a somewhat good credit score. I don't know what that seven to 800 range. I mean, if you're, yeah. once you get older, cause it's also like the length of time you have a credit card is important. I mean, for me only having one credit card right now, um, when I look at like my store, cause it gives you like a free, like uh, FICO, uh, score read on your, on your card. And for me, I've only had my credit card for what is it, like eight months or so or nine months. So obviously that's going to be one knock. I, I haven't had it for that long. So it's also like everything is time is the longer you have it, the more proof that you've been able to pay things back. Exactly. Time. Uh, and it couldn't say better myself. That's yeah. exactly it. Um, Anything else to touch on credit cards? Because there was some just in a, more in general, like is it important for houses, cars, basically any, things that you're going to be buying? It's going to be important. At what age should you start getting that credit card? At whatever age you're responsible. Yeah. Um, like I said, if you're under 18, you know, maybe going on your parents' credit card where you're an authorized user so you can That's start smart. practicing, yeah, but then you have your parents that kind of re- reel you in. Hey, you know what? You spent a little bit too much. Do you have that money? But, well, no, I don't. Okay, well. Next time, don't do that. Yeah. So kind of having some training wheels on there as well. Um, but but really, it's don't don't have too many credit cards, right? When you, when you get to that age and, oh, hey, look. You this, start signing up for like. You start <laughs> signing up for everything, yeah. And then what they're going to see is like, oh, man, yeah, he doesn't have balances. Well, he doesn't use those cards. He doesn't. Um, he has all these cards open, so it's potential credit, but he, you know, so That's don't do good. too yeah. many of them. Um, the, the other thing too, if you're trying to build credit, you know, get a secure credit card, like we talked about where the money's up front and you already have that money if you need to pay it off, but buy a pack of gum and, and pay it off. Go buy, uh, like little, little a, small a, things, buy a Gatorade and go pay it off, you know, and, and, and it's kind of. You know, credit card companies, they want to see you pay interest to know that you can pay it off, but they want to get you in debt so then they can get money from you. So it's, it's, it's a, it's a teeter totter, you know, it's, it's a, you just got to be responsible with it. It's very, it's a slippery slope there. Absolutely. Um, so next question from Yash Patel, um, how do I get started in personal finance? Um, he says that I know finance is a necessity for adults and I don't want to fall behind. 
So the fact that he's even asking that question is great. Um, like we talked in our in our previous uh, podcast here, you know, there's so many resources online. You know, go go read uh, a Dave Ramsey book. Go go read about Warren Buffett. Um, get yourself a mentor, somebody you trust, someone that has been there that has done that. Uh, whether it's a parent, an advisor, uh, a teacher, um, you know, somebody that can can help you. I remember when I was in high school, my econ teacher. Um, uh, recommended a book. It was, um, you know, investing when, for kids, you know, kind of like, uh, dummies or whatever, investing yeah. for dummies. Um, but just, just reading that, but there's so many resources available Those online. Books. Yep. Absolutely. As opposed to just you know, scrolling and getting all yeah, the stuff. And don't from- uh, careful about, social media because everybody's got those get rich quick schemes oh just start a page and you're gonna be self-help gurus out there exactly so somebody who's been there who's done that yeah i love that uh from miguel uh what's the best way to keep track of your expenses slash bills sure yeah and that's great i think the fact that he's asking that question is a great sign that that's somebody who's going to be responsible so what i usually do is a couple things there's uh, quickbooks um, so now obviously having built a business and everything like that, I have a CPA that keeps track of all that stuff for me, but starting out, uh, QuickBooks is good. Um, and then also, uh, your bank, like Wells Fargo will have a spending report. Okay. Hey, you spent X amount, 25% on entertainment, 30% on food, um, sports event, whatever it may be. Um, uh, there's usually a good way for you to simply track that and see yeah, where your money's most going. Banks, most banks present uh, some form of breakdown of where that money was going and yep. credit cards as well. They'll give you an e-statement or some exactly. stuff like that. Yeah, different categories. And, and you can see, okay, automotive, clothing, restaurants, all those different things. I want to make sure to maybe keep that entertainment spot a little bit. You don't want to waste all your money over there to make sure you're spending exactly. that money in the you're right gonna, spot. You're going to be able to see because every time you get a credit card bill, it's like, man, I thought it was going to be less. It's never less. It's always more, right? It was funny in, in college for me. I was like, I uh, I remember checking out, seeing on my bank what was going on and it was like, oh my God, my restaurant, I spent like 400, 500 bucks in that month. I was like, what is happening right now? And it's, so it's like Chipotle yep. <laughs> and there's just all these other like restaurants and stuff because our cafeteria, I would miss the lunchtime and it starts to rack up pretty quick. So just like be aware of uh, when you're spending money and when yeah. that money's going out. Exactly. And uh, gosh, I'm the worst. I, I, I eat out so much. Um, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the best cook. I don't, I don't like to cook that much. It's so easy though. That's part of it. Yeah. And that, that's what makes it so easy. Just, just be, just be uh, conscious of that. Yeah. Um, okay, great. So the next question is from Ani, another former guest of the show. He's been a, a two time appearance and he'll be, he'll be on again too. Um, how do you get started with investing? Pretty just broad question, but um, yep. investing in general, how would you yeah, recommend you get started? Um, just learn about it. You know, different types of investments. We talked about the Roth IRA. We talked yeah. about a brokerage account. I think just start researching things. Uh, Investopedia is a great resource online. You can literally ask any question and it will, um, you get all this information, what it is, what it's not. Um, and then just, like I said, get someone that has done it. You know, whether, if your parents are good role models, start there. If you have teachers, or other uh, friends that are maybe a little bit older that have already been around the block in that regard and they can give you kind of the pros and cons. But really just getting started and and starting, the earlier you start, the better. Uh, I'll give you an example. If you have a 25-year-old and a 35-year-old, okay, assuming the same investment, if the 25-year-old invests $500 from 25 to 35 and then stops, versus somebody who waits to start at 35 and invest till 60. At age 60, the person that started and invested for 10 years versus 25 years, 
will have more money because the compound interest. Oh, wow. So the ninth wonder of the universe is compound interest. As Albert Einstein said, those who understand it, earn it. Those who don't pay it. So those mm. people that have credit card debt are paying someone else's dream. So make sure that you're conscious of that. Right at the beginning of this episode, I asked if you had any more gold nuggets and you said you weren't sure. And then here you go dropping <laughs> one. Bro. I appreciate that. You um, got it. Yeah, no, we touched on it a little bit last episode. It's just about using time as your best asset. And it was, who was, it? I think it was Robert Kiyosaki. He's like, your best asset in the world is between this year and this year. Your left and right ear is your brain. And what you, how you think and how you approach the world, that's your best asset. You have that and your time. And how you spend those things are going to be the life that you build. Correct. And, um, you know, you can't get time back. All the people who are wealthy and everything, they pay people to do things to get time back. Yeah. Someone to mow your lawn, someone to clean your house, someone to do something so they can have more time. Time is your most precious asset. But there's another little quote. It's not timing the market. Don't try to think you're going to outsmart the stock market. It's time in the market. I like that one. Be invested. Don't panic. You know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. Very good. Uh, this is from Johanna. Um, what are some ways to save or earn money when you're a student athlete in college? Um, I think to refer to you on this one about saving money while you're in college, what are your, your recommendation for that? First of all, it's not easy to do because yeah. you're, you're, you're busy, you're busy studying to then have a career to then make money. So if you are that dedicated that you also then have a job while well, also being a, playing a sport too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Playing yeah. a sport. Going school. to school and working. I mean, I, I give credit to anybody that, that does that. Those type, that type of time management and discipline will take you far in anything you do. So if you're not saving a ton of money when you're in college, don't get discouraged. You're not alone. Um, I think if you can just be smart about it, you know, uh, maybe going in uh, on a Costco trip with some of your roommates or some of your uh, teammates, something where you could lower your costs for the things that you buy. Um, you know, going home and eat, <laughs> eat at your parents' house or eat at, 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 you know, find ways where you can do what you're trying to do, uh, more cost effectively. And maybe instead of going out to eat every day, maybe you save that money and you pack yourself a lunch and think about it. If you don't go to Starbucks, that's five bucks a day, right? 25 bucks every Monday through Friday. I mean, that's a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So just those different little things, make, make your coffee at home, you know? So what can you do more cost effectively? I think is a good way to look at that. Also, I think that on, it would be just committing to put some amount away, um, preferably putting some amount away in those investment resources that we talked about. But even if it's the best you can do, just putting that money away in your savings to start. Cause I feel like a lot of education around money is just put money in your savings account where, for me, I'm learning is you're losing money if your money's in savings account. But if that's all you can do, that is okay when you're young, right? Yeah, and and that's and that's a great point. I think that if you don't even have a savings account, don't worry about investments. But when you take it to that next step yeah. where you already have a savings account for your rainy day, hey, my car broke down, I need a new pair of shoes or whatever that may be in your world. Um, yeah, if you already have that covered, then you can go to that next level. Yeah, and then to add on to her sec the second part of the question was earning money while you're a student athlete. I would say to leverage the fact that you are a student athlete, um, just whether it be coaching, training, um, during the off season, what uh, what things you can do that in your area uh, for basketball, for example. For me, it's like I try to ref during the summer sometimes or coach leagues, train. Um, those are easy ways to kind of leverage being a student athlete. Um, just because I find it hard to you know work at 
like a Dutch Bros or a Starbucks or a Pete's um, while also in season. Like that's just going to be tough. Yeah. Um, my hat's off to you if you're able to do that while you're in season and during the year. Um, or that's something you just do in the off season. But yeah, try to try to get some money in one way or the other. Well, I love what you said about you know, using what you're already good at. You already have access to a basketball court. You already have yeah. all the skills that have put you to be a, a collegiate athlete. I mean, that's incredible in its own right. Um, so yeah, Hey, I'm going to do skills training. I'm going to do, I'm going to coach a basketball camp. I'm going to coach a, a AU team or whatever it is that you can do. I think that is compounding on the skills you already have without, you know, think about how hard it is to your example, working at Dutch bros. Oh, Hey, I'm sorry. I can only work three hours this day, one hour that day. I mean, your availability is terrible. It, yeah. yeah. And, and you're making minimum wage. So a lot of times if you can, um, you know, make money and, uh, you know, government's going to hate this, but work for cash, no taxes you have to pay there. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, if you can have people, you know, you know, pay you cash and, and for, for that time, that that's going to be a lot better for you. Absolutely. Especially if you're, I think the limit's like something like 12,000 over the year. Um, just making a little bit of money here or there. I mean, it's, it's sometimes is what you have to do in that, in that period during, during college. Um, yep. yeah, highly recommend anyways, you can get some type of money in put it away, invest it. Very important. Um, next question I got for you guys is from Callista. Uh, what is the best advice on budgeting while in college? Uh, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Any other little tips for budgeting? Yeah. You know, maybe, maybe look to save, you know, 10, 20% to for a savings account and then investments and then you know divide up your earnings so that way you are having some fun but you're not spending all the money always whatever you make make sure you're saving something 10 20 percent is a good a good starting spot i like that um from coach b real shout out coach b real he is was the first ep uh first guest on the show way back when I started, uh, what was it like six, seven months ago? So really cool. He's, uh, put a question in, in here for us. Um, how many streams of income do most financially successful people have? What a great question. Loaded coach. question. What a great question, coach. Uh, <laughs> first of all, I think it's really easy to be a jack of all trades, master of none. If you're, if you're spending 20% on five different things, you're failing at all of them. So I think the first thing is, is be really good at what you're good at. So for me, you know, being a financial advisor and, and making money that way, that's my bread and butter. When I have that down and I've gotten to a comfortable spot, now I have excess money. Maybe I want to go buy another property. Maybe I want to go invest in mutual funds or stocks and, and make some investments. Uh, maybe I want to start a business. So get really good at one thing, be the master at that thing where you are getting paid well to do that and then diversify from there. But coach, that's a great question. I think the more streamlines of income you have that are successful, the better. And to our previous question, maybe you are a collegiate bas basketball player like yeah. you are. Now you're coaching. Now you're doing clinics. So can you, can you, um, pivot off of what you are already good at to create another streamline of income. And then everyone talks about the idea of getting that, that passive stream of income, right? The, the massive, uh, just getting money for free, right? So everybody wants those passive income sources. Um, how it's just, I'm kind of reading through the lines here on, um, coach Biro and what he's saying. Cause, um, I'm predicting, so he, he's a coach, he trains. So, I mean, those are two streams. If you're coaching a team during the summer, they're also training on the side. 
That's technically those two streams of income. Uh, maybe if he wants to rap, that's three. But in all of those, he's trading his time for money. Um, what are the ways that you can add another stream of income through like a stock, maybe an ETF where you're getting money back, something right. like that? Yeah. I mean, if you're taking some of that income that you make from those different streams and then you invest it, then that money is working for you. You know, anything that you look at spending your money on, ask yourself, is it an asset or is it a liability? Buying um, a new car is a liability. It's not making you money. In fact, it loses money when you drive it off there. Yeah. You know, if you're able to invest in, you know, in, in the market or mutual funds or maybe, hey, you and someone else want to go in on a rental together. If you save up enough money, now someone is there paying your mortgage and hopefully you're at least breaking even or making money. Um, you know, there, there's, there's different ways to do that, but uh, you start building those streams. Exactly, out. Exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of like a, it's like a snowball. First, you got a little ball rolling down the hill so, uh, soon, you know, a gadget it catches steam and you can't stop it. So um, the other thing too, is it's very hard to get to a point where you're just like, beach money and it's streamline of income and you're sipping your pina colada with, with Snoop Dogg on the beach. It's, it's not, it, it's, it, it, that's, that's a lot more difficult to achieve than, than, than it is, than people make it seem. And all those people on, on, on social media that are making money, the very few of them make a lot of money with those, uh, with the, with the ads and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be done, but um, just stay focused and, you know, have that goal in mind. Absolutely. I think that's very great. I mean, place to start for that. Uh, so we got two more questions here. Yep. Uh, this one's from Josh. Um, what are some tips to help you save and put money aside day to day as a college student? So it can change from week to week. We talking more on that, that day to day life, how to save. You kind of mentioned the idea about the coffee, for yep. example. Um, yep. Anything else that you can do? Any tips for that the day to day life? As that a was, that was exactly what I was going to say. You know, maybe you don't need that, the really nice pair of shoes. Maybe you just, the ones you have right now will, will go and will be fine. But I think hey, it's the small decisions. Exactly. The small decisions like Starbucks versus making your coffee at home, uh, going out to eat versus making a sandwich at home. Those little things that if you can say, hey, I can save money, you know, it's consistency, right? Uh, water can can create a hole in a rock with the persistency. So if you can save $5, $10 a day, what's that going to be each month and each year? And then if you invest that money, then there's compound interest on that. It's exponential. I also think another one I kind of want to add here is like the thing about like looking rich and actually building wealth. Um, Cause I mean, you can buy like the real nice uh, jacket, the nice jeans, the shoes, the watch. Um, you can buy all of those things with the money. If you, you know, you work hard and you get that money and you can look very wealthy, but day to day, if you decide you don't want to spend the money on those things, instead you're, putting that money away to where it's like you said, working for you, going on that rental, stuff like that, um, to where you're really building wealth. I think that's important too. And it's all a part of those day to day, you know, contributions. I can't, what you said is perfect. Like if you look at all the really wealthy people in the world, you look at Zuckerberg, you look at Elon Musk, you look at Buffett. I mean, those guys live so conservatively Buffett. I think the only thing he splurges on is, is McDonald's. Um, you know, yeah, I feel like it's, it's gone up in price from when he was yeah. originally, <laughs> I mean, but, but to your point, you know, can you, can you wear a pair of shoes? That's 
$70 versus $300. Can you wear a jacket that still looks nice and you still look put together, but maybe it's not that name brand. Yeah. You know, it, it does. And that, that's a great point. You know, who, who are you trying to impress? You look at the parallels between somebody who's wealthy and somebody who's a poser and tries to look good. They're going to have all the, the gold chains and, and all the bling bling and everything like that. But it's like, what do they have to show for it? Whereas someone who, you know, drives a car that's that's nice, but maybe not the the newest, and you know doesn't dress so flashy and doesn't go and have three hundred dollar dinners. They're saving that money. They're the smart ones, and at the end, that's who wins. Yeah, hundred percent. Couldn't agree more. Uh, our last question is from Harley. Um, what is the best way to manage both saving money while also having a social life with friends? Because it's hard to have that outgoing social life and save money because you're going out. That's going to cost. If there's a cover to get into the bar, whatever, stuff like that. Um, maybe not a bar. Maybe it's a going out to eat at a restaurant. Those are all going to be expenses. So what's the best way to manage that? Um, I think it's a balance. You know, there's never a U-Haul falling a hearse, so you can't take it with you. So that part is like, okay, well, let me enjoy life. But you also have to be able to make it down to live the life you want. So I think it's about balance. So if you went out last weekend with your friends to dinner, maybe you don't go out the next couple of weeks. And, and then that way, you know that the money you spend, you're going to enjoy it more because you've worked your butt off to earn that. So I think it's, I think it's foolish to either extreme, spend all your money and don't save, but also don't save all your money and not spend anything. Right. I think that it, it, you got to have a balance, you know, um, it's, it's very important, you know, uh, for, for the longest time, you know, my, my parents wanted to go to Israel and it's like when you can go to Israel versus then, you know, my mom had some health issues and they, they she couldn't go, you know, I know my dad would, would trade that for the world to be able to go back and, and, and go on those trips when you can. So I think it's a balance. You don't want to save every penny. You don't want to be a penny pincher, but at the same time, you don't want to just spend everything you got. Absolutely. So finding that, that middle ground. Exactly. And, balance. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's also just balancing between saving versus investing too, because you want to have some amount liquid and also some to where it's growing on its Correct. own too. And probably 10, 20%. If you're able to save and, and invest, that's plenty. Just yeah. do that consistently. Right. Yeah. Over the months, years, and then can't say it enough uh, with this episode is just all about using time. Using time is your, your asset and the compound interest. Yeah. Time, time compounds too. What are you, whatever you're giving energy to it compounds. So if you're growing and feeding your mind and, 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 and your life with, with positivity and things that you want to accomplish, that's going to compound and, and, and go exponentially. Same thing. You know, you could spiral up or you can spiral down. So make sure you're spending your time and resources wisely. Um, you know, listening to podcasts like yours, something that's going to, you know, benefit you and, and, you can grow as a person and, and, you know, get what you want out of life. I think, I think anything is possible, especially in this, in this country. It's, uh, I love America. That's what makes it great. If everybody's got that opportunity for that American dream, but you know, that's why oftentimes you see immigrants that don't take things for granted. They bust their butts cause they know what the alternative is. You know, in, in today's day and age, we get upset when we don't have wifi. Uh, have, has anybody ever, one of those people, have they stood inside a, you know, a bread line or a milk line or a meat line just to get food? That, when they come to America, like, oh my gosh, you know, this country is so great. I think that you have the ability to be anything you want, but you just have to apply yourself and, and work hard. Absolutely. Um, one thing I wanted to close with, um, so I was looking back at it before we started this episode and it's been about a year since I got uh, started with this. And the reason why I know is because I was on a trip um, 
to SoCal LA area with my dad. And I remember you and I had scheduled a meeting while I was there and we were on a, a Zoom call that I, I booked with you and I was looking over things and I was having a hard time with all the stuff in Fidelity and getting my, my brokerage and my Roth IRA like, set up. And it just makes me think to where a year ago, last summer, um, within a couple of weeks, it's like about a year ago and where I was at there to compare it to now in terms of like some of the terminology and just knowing what to do is I say that little brief story is to say that it's possible to learn about this stuff. It may seem like a lot being thrown uh, within these two episodes, just all these big words and money and stuff. It seems like intimidating, but I think if you do apply yourself to it a little bit, you know, watch some YouTube videos, read those books, um, you can, you can really, you can really learn. You can really build something pretty cool. Yeah, that's uh, I couldn't say it better myself. Sometimes it feels like you're drinking from a fire hydrant with yeah. all the information coming at you. Um, take it one step at a time. You know, first first crawl before you can walk, walk before you can run. So the all the information and all these questions have been great. You know, how do we get started? Okay, once you get started, ask more questions, get more information, make those next decisions. But I mean, you've you know you've been you've been a star pupil because you uh you take everything, you take notes, you apply it, you ask questions. Um, uh, some more advice is don't be afraid. Don't yeah. be scared. I, I remember how intimidating it was trying to open up a first account or anything like that, but it's, it's possible and you just have to put in the work and you have to believe. So mindset, your attitude is everything and, um, just kind of go from there. No, it really is. And I mean, just, just get started. Even as soon as you listen to the episode, shut it down, open your computer up, get that Fidelity account and just explore and figure it out i think that's my, my best advice is start now um wherever you're at if you haven't already um get it going uh, i mean if i can help in any way you know please reach out either to the show to myself um really excited but i was able to bring this uh content um again uh, greg thank you so much for your time i really appreciate anytime, it man anytime for you man yeah a lot you of a lot of free uh free knowledge here that <laughs> would normally come at a cost so really special to have him you know sit down with us and you know, explore some of these uh, topics for real. Absolutely, man. You got right. it, man. So thank you so much for tuning in to these uh, part one. Hopefully you checked it out as well. Um, if you haven't already listened to that one as well, uh, you know, this Q&A was great. Thank you everyone who submitted uh, questions and people that are in interacting. I mean, that really makes it all worth it to be able to get that engagement. And um, hope you guys are listening. Hope this episode helped you in any way. So thank you so much and talk soon.